Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. Welcome back to another edition of the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. It is Tuesday, August 27th, which means we are just three days from kickoff, three days from real football. No more of this NFL preseason nonsense. No more training camp. No more downs that don't count. Just a little smash mouth football. Joining me on today's podcast is Eddie Herz. Eddie Herz of 247 Sports. Eddie, thanks for coming on. Appreciate being here again, man. We're making it a regular thing. Yeah, I think, you know, you're probably going to be one of the main guests this fall. We got good rapport, always fun to chat football. Um, I wanted to bring Eddie on the show today, one, so that we could talk about the depth chart, two, so that I could pick his brain about, you know, the the upcoming season and his thoughts. We've already done it a little bit. We're going to talk about the showdown in depth. And then, you know, we're just going to have a little bit of fun, do some college football, pick them, at the very end, I went 2-0 and last weekend. If you listen to the BSN Rams podcast, you would have had some smart bets. I'm just saying. <laughs> Another reason to subscribe. Eddie, the CU games this Friday, what, what, how do you feel right now? Just as a, as a CSU beat reporter, what, what is your gut feeling going into this game? I would say I have the weakest gut feeling I've had over the past four years. It's kind of just a wait-and-see type game for me. You know, obviously we've talked about before, CU's got a new coach, a lot of moving pieces on both teams. We actually talked about it last time I was on. I think a big thing is who makes that early statement and gets ahead early, but I really could see it being either team. I don't really have any solid predictions for you right now because I truly believe anything can happen. And as a CSU fan... You know, taking last year into account, you that's really all you can ask for. You know, at least they go in feeling like they do have a chance. 
Well, that was a good political answer. A little bit of a cop out, um, but we won't hold you to it too bad. <laughs> you know, this CU team, they've got a lot of talent. LaVisca Chanel, obviously one of the more athletic wide receivers in college football. He killed CSU last year. I think one of the keys this year is just kind of slowing down those those high-paced athletes that kind of run the Buffs offense. As far as CSU's defense goes, you know, we've heard so much about them trying to get bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. We've seen it a little bit. They definitely they look the part that you can tell that the defense as a whole, they're bigger and faster. Uh, but, you know, is it going to make a difference? How do you feel about this defense? Is, are, are they going to be better than they were a year ago? I wouldn't say they would be great, but I would definitely say they are going to be better than they were a year ago. You know, naturally, Rashad Ajay, now with a year of experience under his belt, is going to help the defensive backfield anymore. Coaching staff is high on Anthony Hawkins, obviously opposite him. Andre Neal to sub him. Logan Stewart starting at safety. I mean, I think you have more options, and you also have a lot of guys who have improved. So I really don't see the defense being worse. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It can't really get worse than it got <laughs> last year if we're being completely honest. Well, I mean, it can always get worse, but I think, you know, from, from the outside looking in, the defense is definitely more athletic. There, there are going to be some road bumps, especially in this week one game, as we saw over the weekend in that Miami, Florida game. And again, in the Hawaii, Arizona game, I think tackling is just a major issue for teams now with, with how little teams are able to practice tackling throughout fall camp. It's a lot of thud. It's a lot of non-contact working in shells, I just I think it's hard to become a good tackling football mm-hmm. team if you don't practice tackling. Mm-hmm. And this bus team is going to be a real test because they've got athletes, as CSU found out last year when LaVisca Schnault took, you know, like a slant 80 yards to the house. Of course. You miss one tackle, that's all it takes, and you're gone. Mm-hmm. Overall, you know, a lot of Ram fans, they thought that there might be a quarterback competition coming into this. We saw quickly that was not the case. This mm-hmm. is Colin Hill's team. What is your read on Colin Hill as a quarterback? Is Colin Hill the kind of guy that can lead this team to the postseason? Absolutely. And if you've been attending camp, you know, you're going to learn that he has all the mental and the physical traits. He wasn't great in both scrimmages, I think, through a combined three interceptions. That's nothing to worry about too much. But, you know, when the media talks to him, he really carries himself with confidence. And and you want a quarterback who believes in himself and believes in his ability to lead a team. I think Colin Hill has that. And we have seen him physically improve on the field. I think any Ram fan should be confident in Colin Hill. And it, and it is nice to see Bobo eliminate that quarterback competition talk because, you know, he, you you know, he talked about that a lot last year. It seemed like he considered doing so this year, but there was no point. Colin Hill is your quarterback. Make him believe that. Have the team believe that. Yeah, this is really the first season of the Mike Bobo tenure as to where you came into a year with, you know, there's absolutely zero questions about who the starting quarterback is going to be. Even going into that 2017 season a little bit, I mean, Nick Stevens was definitely the front runner given the successful end of the 2016 campaign that he had. But there were people that, you know, still wanted Colin Hill to get a chance that year. Didn't end up working out for him. Last year, Colin Hill coming off the torn ACL has to compete with K.J. Carter-Samuels. It really messed up his rhythm. I think Colin Hill maybe felt somewhat pressured to come back earlier than he may have if, you know, you didn't have a graduate transfer breathing down your neck for that starting gig. Mm -hmm. I asked Colin yesterday if he regretted or if, you know, if, you know, in, in hindsight being 2020, I just asked him, would you maybe have come back after, you know, non-conference play? Do you think you came back a little too soon? He basically brushed it off, said, you know, I don't want to play the what ifs game. Yeah. Colin Hill experience with dealing with the media. He's really, you're not going to rattle that guy. I've, 
I've tried to get him to give me, you know, that jump out quote so many times and he never does it. Talking to him is literally like talking with an extension of Mike Bobo. Uh, I'm interested to see in what Colin can do this year. I'm, I'm really high on him. I think of all the quarterbacks in the Mountain West, he is up there as far as NFL potential goes. He's got a great arm, as you mentioned, great leader of men. Um, but, but I am going to make you talk about this CU game a little bit. Now, yeah. I'm not, I don't, nobody's going to, nobody's going <laughs> to grill you if you end up being wrong. But, you know, what's your, what's your gut feeling? Is, is, is your gut feeling that the buffs are just too athletic for this CSU team to handle? Yeah. I mean, that's something you always run into. The opening line's what, like minus 13 in I think favor? It's 13 and a half. 13 yeah. and a half. That's kind of the typical. Uh, power five to mid-major, whatever you want to call it, line. I don't know. I, I wouldn't put my money on CSU, but I, I really do see it being a close game. Um, yeah, I mean, CU is obviously more athletic. They have a lot of talent. I know they have a new coach, but they have a coach who can do well, and they naturally come in with an advantage. That's kind of always how it is in recent history. I, I don't I don't see CSU winning the game, but it's kind of just like I'm not going to be surprised either way. I like to refrain from making too many predictions and assumptions before season because I'm usually wrong, and there's just so many moving pieces. I just I don't know how they're going to play out yet for this team. Hey, that, that's a fair answer. I mean, when you look at how this game has played over the last couple of years, it definitely, I mean, it really hasn't been. You've had two blowouts and two competitive games, 17-3 mm-hmm. to three in 2017. We all know there were some incredibly questionable pass interference calls in that game that really turned the tide. Totally. Uh, you know, I'm not one of the guys who likes to sit here and lament over missed calls and act like, you know, boo-hoo, CSU should have won if it wasn't for those gosh darn officials, you know, pull that. But, but you know, there, there were some really debatable calls. Last year, game not even competitive. This year, I think it's fair to assume that CU, CU is the more athletic team. They've won four straight. You have mm-hmm. a senior quarterback. You have LaVisca Chanel, and you have mm-hmm. Nate Landman at linebacker, another guy who I think is, has potential to be a great pro. But is CU a 13-and-a-half-point better team than CSU? I'm not so sure. No, absolutely not. I mean, that's kind of just, as I alluded to, that's kind of just your typical opening season line in this game. No, I think it should be close, and it could be close. And we talked about before how much the big plays have hurt CSU in general, and especially in this rivalry last year. You know, I will say that I feel like part of CSU's inept with tackling last year was kind of they the younger guys didn't really have a lot of players they could use as an example. I know Josh Watson and Trey Thomas got a lot of hits, but they were often out of position, not doing what they should. That's where I like you know the grad transfer additions and Jalen Bates and Tron Folsom. You know, you mentioned you can't practice tackling too much in training camp because you can't hit each other too much. You know, you need to get into the games to learn how to do it. These are guys who have experience tackling and hitting hard. When you get the younger guys in there seeing how they're hitting, I really think it's going to help this team and kind of boost them right off the bat. So in the CU game and just throughout the season, I think you can rely on the defense to not allow as many good plays with those guys kind of leading the way. I like that you brought up Jalen Bates and Tron Folsom, two guys who we had high expectations for going into training camp. But you know, as CSU's found out over the years, some of these, these, the P5 transfers, bounce backs, whatever you want to call them, they're not going to JUCO, so I guess they're not technically a bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, guys coming in from bigger programs, a lot of the time they get the benefit of the doubt before anybody's even ever seen them play. I think back to like Fatone Bauta coming out of Georgia. You know, the narrative was, oh, we got a Georgia quarterback. You know, this kid's going to be awesome. We saw pretty quickly Fatone struggled to to complete a forward pass, but 
these transfers, man, they're legit. I, I have high expectations out of Jalen Bates at the defensive end position. He's a guy, he played inside last year, so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him. Mm-hmm. But CSU has great depth inside, and you're not going to be able to double him. Tron Folsom, you add him on the outside, one of the fastest dudes on the defense. He plays incredibly physical, led Troy in tackles in each of the last two seasons. You add a guy like him into the mix, and maybe you know he can really be a mentor for some of these sophomores and juniors that are going to end up playing key roles for CSU over the next couple of years. Mm. There's a lot of really young talent on this team, especially at linebacker. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to do a little bit of college football pick'em. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. I'm going to put Eddie on the spot a little bit here. I did not send him any of these games. I did not give him any chance to prepare for this segment. He didn't even know he was going to come on the podcast, if we're being completely honest. I was supposed to have Colin Bernard of the Loveland Reporter Herald on. He got wrapped up doing some high school football coverage because he's trying to be Superman for them and do a million things at once. So Eddie saved the day for me volunteered to come on eddie thank you for being such a good samaritan no worries we are going to go over just some games this week we only had two last weekend we've got way more this week starting thursday we got georgia tech versus the number one team in the country clemson this one kind of seems like a no-brainer right i mean you can't overlook any opponent as we always talk about but trevor lawrence probably the best quarterback in the country. I'm a Bama guy through and through, so it's hard for me to admit that. Tua has my heart all the way, but this Trevor Lawrence kid's going to be special, man. I, I, yeah, that one's not even worth talking about. We're, we're taking Clemson. We'll go with Clemson. Thursday night, though, there is one great game, and that's number 14 Utah versus BYU. Utah's getting a little bit of preseason hype. Some people even talking about them as being a dark horse for the CFB playoff. <laughs> BYU, one of those teams where – you just never know. You know, mm-hmm. they, they always seem to have good athletes. They're never, or not, you can't say never, but they're traditionally not going to be a bad team. Who are you taking, man, BYU or Utah? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Where did you say that game's being played? Let's take a look. In Provo, so this game's going to be at BYU. Okay. okay. I, I would be confident taking BYU. My knowledge of BYU is as a Wisconsin Badger fan, watch them beat Wisconsin at Camp Randall Stadium last year out of nowhere when Wisconsin was top five to start the season. Very hard place to get a win. I'm From what I know, they've improved. I Yeah, I can take BYU in that game. I'm going to be a little off the grid here. <laughs> That'd be an upset, but it wouldn't be shocking. Yeah. BYU-Utah, these two teams hate each other. Two teams that used to be in the Mountain West, two teams that I wish were still in the Mountain West. I think that's going to be a really exciting game. Mm-hmm. That one I'm going to lean towards the Utes. I like the athleticism that Utah has this year. 
They've got a ton of experience. I just, I don't know. Kyle Whittingham, a little bit of a jerk, honestly, yeah. but good football coach. think they're going to be able to handle that one. Friday night, we got number 19, Wisconsin, yes. taking on South Florida. A little bit of a trap game for Wisconsin. Yes, I am actually surprised that Wisconsin is ranked after how much they fell apart last year, which they usually don't do. They're a team who starts unranked or in the 20s and works their way up. Last year, complete opposite. They start, what, number three and just don't have end up ranked. I think they won only seven games, but I, I think you still got to be confident in the Badgers. They have finally a good quarterback situation because Alex Hornibrook transferred to Florida State. As you can tell, this is the only team I know other than CSU. Um, <laughs> true freshman Jack Cohn, who could start at quarterback. Also, Graham Mertz, pretty promising arm. You know, that's kind of what they were missing last year. They had a terrible quarterback. But you have one of the best running backs in the country in Jonathan Taylor, and you still can't produce offensively consistently. So they need that quarterback. I think they have that. They also got Quintez Cephas, a wide receiver, reinstated. If you haven't heard about that, I would read into that. He got kicked off the team, expelled from school last year for sexual abuse allegations that actually were he was proven not guilty on within 30 minutes, a very quick trial, even though he had to miss the whole season, go through all this stuff. The trial just happened a couple weeks ago. Surprisingly, still wanted to come back to Wisconsin, got let back into the school. Really good story for a kid who didn't deserve to go through any of that, almost ruined his life. So I like their offense, great offensive linemen as they've normally had. I mean, you pick Wisconsin there for sure. I think you got to take Wisconsin as well. well. We'll keep going on with some of these other picks, but I do want to pick your brain a little bit yeah. just about the Big Ten Conference in yeah. general. Uh, people not super high on Wisconsin going in. Number mm -hmm. 19, you got some love. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, all, all getting some preseason love here. Who is the, who's the team to beat in the Big Ten this year? Definitely not Wisconsin, as you said. They'll be good. But in such a good conference as it is, they're going to struggle in conference play. I mean, I like – it's really tough not to like any of them. I even also like Penn State, even though I knew they lost some. I would probably say Ohio State and Michigan are your teams to beat. It's it's tough right now. I mean, they all have the potential. It's another year where you get to Big Ten play and teams just beat up on each other. You see it more in basketball, but it happens in football too. The home teams often come out on top. It's kind of a matter of who gets the easier draw in the Big Ten, who ends up on top at the end. But, yeah, you have four legitimate college football playoff contenders, I would say. Three maybe. The Big Ten's one of those conferences. I like how you put that, that – they tend to cannibalize each other, mm -hmm. and I think the Pac-12 does this to an extent as well, especially over the last five or six years or so with USC being down, mm -hmm. Oregon not being quite as good as they had been, Oregon receiving some love this year with Justin Herbert coming back. But they're, they're, those are two leagues that where it's like you have four or five really good teams usually, Pac-12 right. maybe not quite as many, maybe like two or three the last couple of years, but the Big Ten especially, you know, four or five really good teams, and then they all go – you know, like six and two in mm -hmm. league against each other. Mm -hmm. And then you get one team in the playoff or potentially even left out because at the end of the season you had Ohio State lost to Michigan, but Michigan lost to Michigan State and Wisconsin beat one of them. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's just got to be frustrating if you're a Big Ten fan. I think to an extent it's kind of gets big the Big Ten overlooked to a degree. I oh, think yeah. the Big Ten top to bottom probably as good as any league in college football I'm still taking the SEC if we're saying top dog, yeah. but top to bottom, I mean, you have really great football teams. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's an interesting point. I like how you say that because the numbers prove that. I mean, if the SEC was as competitive top to bottom, you would see these teams beat up on each other more, but you don't. You see, I'm not going to criticize the SEC. It's the best conference in college football, but 
you know, you see in-conference games that are 53 to nothing, you know, Arkansas getting blown out week by week. Besides Indiana, who actually has improved, maybe Rutgers, you just don't really see that in the Big Ten, and I guess that's a double-edged sword because you want competitiveness, but it's like the good teams don't shine as much as they could because of that. Now, speaking of the SEC, we got a trap game for my Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm. Alabama's going to play Duke in week one. A little bit of a look, let's, let's be honest, the Crimson Tide should absolutely curb stomp the Duke Blue Devils <laughs> on the gridiron any day of the week. Now, the basketball, that's a whole different conversation, yeah. but I don't even. Bama wins this game point blank, period. Is Duke ranked? Duke is not, but Duke's always well coached under David Cutler. I don't like to see Duke do well in football. It's I don't just like not to see fair. Duke do well in the world. Yeah, if we're in being general. honest. Yeah, I agree. I just there is they're a little too pretentious in mm-hmm. my book. Sorry if you're a Duke slash CSU fan and you happen to be listening to this podcast. I apologize. Come on, I'll bring you on the podcast if there actually is a Duke slash <laughs> CSU fan out there. But. uh yeah, so we're, we're taking Bama over Duke in that one, unless you want to call a crazy dumb upset, Eddie. It could happen, though. We all remember when Michigan lost to Appalachian State. How could you forget it? I'm not going to call this one, though, for sure. <laughs> could you imagine Nick Saban postgame if they lose to Duke week one? Just, ugh. It's unbelievable. He'll stare through your soul. <laughs> Conference game week one, Georgia playing Vanderbilt. Interesting decision. Georgia, number three team in the country. Obviously going to have more talent than Vanderbilt, but uh, if I'm a Bulldogs fan, I don't I don't love that matchup week Mm-mm. one. Mm-mm. I don't I just don't like playing league games in the first five weeks of the season. I think it's silly. Yeah, and it's like the SEC has trained themselves to be a little wimpy with those first couple weeks by playing these FCS schools, these lower tier FBS schools. So you know that's not what they well, usually do. The new thing in the guard. SEC is is actually play one like decent team like Duke like week one or week two mm-hmm. and then you throw in like an FCS team like with like one week left in the season in November that. that was Alabama almost lost that game last year yeah there was close yeah. for a while yeah it was a close mm-hmm. game they it's weak it's absolutely weak it you should you after the first eight weeks of the season you should not be able to play after the first three weeks of the season unless for some reason, like a team bails on scheduling and you have to fill it last minute, yeah. you should not be allowed to play an FCS team. And if you do, you should get penalized for it. it no and that's coming fit. from an Alabama fan. So mm-hmm. that's my perspective on it. Best game of the weekend, though, the one everyone's talking about, definitely going to be number 11, Oregon versus number 16, Auburn. This is a classic SEC Pac 12. Reminds me a little bit of during the Mariota years where everyone wanted to see. Oregon, Alabama, we never got that matchup. But we got a chance here to see a really good Oregon team. They got a veteran quarterback in Justin Herbert, take on Auburn. Auburn came on really strong down the stretch last year. They're always a team that plays hard. I don't like to say a lot of nice things about Auburn, so I'm going to defer to Eddie on this one. Eddie, who do you think in in Oregon versus Auburn? It's an interesting game. You have a lot of contrast that's going to – work well and kind of produce a close game, I would say. And it's in Auburn, so that's going to be hard for Oregon. I believe it's in Auburn. I think right? it's a neutral site. Is Dallas it a neutral game? site? Yeah. All right. Well, either way, um, you know, you mentioned a, a veteran quarterback on Oregon, but meanwhile, Auburn, what, they lose their quarterback at Stidham, I think. The Patriots drafted him, and they have Gatewood and Sandberg. I don't, I'm not quite following who's won the quarterback battle there. But, yeah, I mean, you have a veteran quarterback against someone who's not going to be very experienced, so that should make for an interesting game. I would – I would like to favor Auburn without that factor, but with that involved, I think, yeah, I think that could be a shootout go either way. 
the big question to me whenever you get a Pac-12 team versus an SEC team is, is the Pac-12 team going to be able to handle the physicality in which Auburn is, is inevitably going to play? Mm-hmm. Auburn is one of those teams that they like to lean on the ground game. They want to run the ball 35, 40 times a game. They want to run it down your throat. And if they're able to do it successfully, you know, it can, it can put you in a world of hurt. We've seen over the last couple of years, Oregon, they haven't, they haven't been quite as physical. They were a team, they had a lot of success for that, you know, all, pretty much like a decade straight. It's not like they've dropped off the face of the planet or anything like that. But they're just one of those teams that hasn't really been able to live up to the moment when they've had to play the other big programs over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really good just marker to see where Oregon is at as a program. A lot of hype in this Herbert kid. He There was talk that he could maybe go top three in the NFL draft if he came out this year. If he goes out next year as another great season, can probably put himself where he's in that conversation. I'm, gonna, I'm not super sold on him yet. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a ton of Oregon last year, so... I don't want to act like I've seen this kid play 10 times and, mm. and I'm just ripping him, but I haven't really seen him step up in the big moment yet. If he can go to Dallas and, you know, put 40 points up on even 30 points up on this Auburn defense, I think that's going to earn a lot of respect nationally. Absolutely. Eddie college football, best time of the year. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to have you on all the time talk post-game reactions we'll get all kinds of stuff going got some good stuff going on in your life i'm glad you're going to be on the beat with me yeah thanks for coming on man. before we wrap up today's edition of the bsn rams podcast presented by canyon bakehouse i want to remind everyone that if they have not subscribed yet to bsn denver now is the perfect time to do so through the end of this week we've had it going all fall camp but through the end of this week if you use the code GORAMS at checkout, you can receive a free t-shirt as well as a discounted subscription price. This was the, we've done this sale throughout training camp. It's been really successful. Had a really, just so much positive feedback on these Defend the Fort t-shirts. Uh, they're incredibly comfortable. They're sleek. They're going to look great on game day. So if, if you're thinking about buying a t-shirt, you might as well go ahead and subscribe now because you get a free $27 t-shirt with your s- subscription. That subscription's at a discounted rate, about $10 off of our normal annual rate. This sale ends Friday. We're probably not going to do another sale for the rest of the season, so I highly recommend jumping on that. If you haven't yet, use the code GORAMS at checkout for a free premium quality t-shirt with that subscription. That gives you access to all of our written content, audio stories, everything I'm posting on the CSU Rams beat, as well as everything that all of our other phenomenal content creators are coming up with as well. Every single day, we have new written and audio content for you know the Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, Avs, Buffs, if you're into that sort of thing. But obviously, the reason you guys are here, CSU Rams coverage, nobody's going to bring you as consistent of CSU coverage as we are. I'm just, I'm stoked to be here, stoked to be part of this company. Now's a great time to subscribe. Thank you again to Eddie Herz for jumping on today's podcast kind of at the last minute. I know today's episode jumped around a little bit. We didn't really have a ton planned, and that's because I had a whole script for an interview that I was going to do with Colin Bernard, but, you know, life happens. He got busy, wasn't able to come on the show. No worries, Eddie saved the day. I'm really excited about some of the stuff we've got going on later in the week. On Wednesday, I will hop on the Denver Sports Podcast 
with Ryan Cohensberg, Ali Monroy, uh, some of those other guys. I, I can't remember exactly who's going to be on there. I think AJ is going to be on there. Obviously going to have Henry from BSN Buffs. So if you don't normally listen to the Denver Sports Podcast, check it out Wednesdays. Check it out every week moving forward. It's a really cool concept. Just guys and girls from the different beats coming together, talking shop, talking sports. Nothing better, really. Um, on Wednesday's BSN Rams podcast, I'm, I'm really excited. I have a special guest, Romy Bean of CBS4. She was a longtime Denver Broncos cheerleader now covers the team for CBS4. She works with Ryan Green, one of my best friends. Uh, so I, I was really, really appreciative of her. I, I got to sit down with her and, and kind of just talk about her breaking into the industry, what it was like coming from her perspective. Uh, really, really a great interview. I think it's definitely going to be one of my favorite episodes of the podcast that we've c- recorded so far. I'm going to be honest, not a ton of CSU talk on that one, but it, it was awesome to have Romy on there. I had a blast chatting with her. Really excited to get that one out to you guys on Wednesday. So make sure you're keeping up with all things BSN Rams. Uh, as I said earlier, we're going to have written content. Today on the site had a Words from the Enemies, and that was Steven Montez's input on what it's like to face CSU, just how he feels going into the game. He had some some nice words to say about Colin Hill, kind of told me at the media luncheon that he admired Colin's work ethic and just everything he had been through coming back. He really thinks Colin Hill is going to be in for a good season. So if you haven't checked that one out, out yet, check out that, as well as my four reasons why CSU cannot afford a, a poor showing in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. That is a free article. You don't have to be subscribed for that one. That went live Sunday night and has been up since. Definitely, uh, definitely recommend you check it out. I think we're going to wrap things up a little bit early today. Uh, it's just been a little bit of a, a crazy day, but make sure you keep up with all things that we've got moving forward. Like I said, it's going to be a really fun week. I'm really stoked for college football to be here. I'm stoked to finally be able I'm, – I'm just I'm, – I'm excited to be in a position where it will no longer be speculating. We will have a concrete product on the field that we're able to dissect and break down I'm going to be honest, I, I, I feel okay about this CSU team going in. I think they have some some pretty large question marks. I'll, you know, it's not perfect, but I'm going to be optimistic until they give me a reason to be pessimistic. If that's fair for you, that works for me. Thanks for listening, y'all.